Okay, so welcome back to the Beating the Buzzer podcast. Uh, I'm Adam, and uh, Billy's actually not here today. Um, I know, what a shock. Uh, I have a little special guest, uh, probably my best friend from my hometown, but uh, Amitiku, if you would like to say something. Yeah, what's up? Uh, Amitiku, or Mitt. Um, Yeah, I'm from Concord, like Adam is. Uh, uh, technically from Boston because I moved there my junior year. Well, I lived in Boston for the first like 10 years of my life. So what have you done for me lately? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought you were going to go a little different route there. I, I started to hear like, I'm Medicu, I'm 18. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh so uh, how's life? You're uh, you're doing remote college. I'll let you kind of explain the rest, but yeah, um, remote call. I mean, when UMass Amherst, because I I go there, they when they uh said that they were going all remote, it was just um kind of a shocker. I mean, not really, but it was just unexpected. Seeing as almost every single one of uh the rest of my friends are like you know, going off to college and stuff. Even if they're only going to be there for a bit, it would still be nice to go. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, fully fully remote, all my classes, and I just stay home and, you know, crunch through. And I got a lot since I'm on the, the neuroscience track, and it's a lot of classes, but it's good. Yeah, I mean, remote must be cool, but, like, you know, I'm on campus, so not to brag a little bit, but it's kind of nice. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had some killer hills like you do. Wait, does UMass Amherst have killer hills? I've only been on that campus once. Um, Not really. I mean, it's just really, like, spread out. Okay. I mean, yeah, I've seen, like, the dorms there. Uh, they're kind of big, like the towers. Yeah, I was supposed to be in a tower. I was supposed to be in Kennedy Tower on either level seven or eleven. I don't, I don't really know. Mm, that's high up. Never thought. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we both, uh, we both, I'd say, are like kind of into into music a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. You know, some some more than others. I think you know, uh, taste is definitely a part of it. Um, yeah. So, uh, who's who do you think's like the most influential artist of uh, of our generation? Would you say? <laughs> it's funny. It sounds like deja vu. Like we've had this conversation before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He knows that I have a very strong answer yeah. <laughs> to this question. Strong, consistent answer. Uh, I mean, I know for you, it's it's Aubrey Drake Grant. Oh, wow. <laughs> for me, I mean, a year ago, I would have said Frank Ocean, but I don't know. I don't like to uh, categorize too much, but... I don't know. I'm keeping my options open, I guess. So do you have one? 
Or no? Not, really, not, not right now. I don't know. Uh, no, not that I can say. Okay, yeah. So for our generation, I'd go Drake. And uh, I have I have some defenses for this. I've had to build a defense. I'd say over the past two years of us talking about this, I've had to build up a defense as to why I think Drake is the most influential artist of our generation. And it really all comes down to sales. I mean, yeah, my man moves like so many units. I mean, the numbers on his stuff are... It doesn't necessarily mean influential, though. Yeah, but like the Beatles, <laughs> they were kind of best selling. Is all their stuff good? No, you know they have misses, but everyone has hits. And misses. What is, is all of Drake stuff good? No, but everyone has hits and misses. And his hits are really, really, really good and iconic, just like the Beatles. Okay, so if you're relating the amount of sales, the monetary value of sales to the influence of an artist, would you say someone like Low Pump? Or well, he, he doesn't move units like Drake. I mean, I'm talking like all time, because Drake is like number one or number two on that list. I mean... Still, I mean, if you're relating monetary value to, to uh, influence, I'd say there's a lot of people that make a lot of money through, mu- through music that aren't necessarily the most influential people. I mean, but, like, that's not Drake money. <laughs> no, that's just, yeah. like, I mean, nobody, like, has, like, nobody has Drake money except for, like, the 1%. Yes, he is the 1%. <laughs> so... I mean, again, would you say someone has okay, 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 okay. When you say influence, do you mean good influence or bad influence? Wow, uh, I'm <laughs> I feel like it's good influence. Also, just his style. I mean, we see it today, just like mixing the rap with the little like huh, uh, like that sh- that stuff. Uh, it's just like. It's so many guys now, and he was the one that really pioneered that. I know some people are going to say, oh, Kanye had two songs on 808s and Heartbreak that did that too before Drake came out with an album, but Drake was doing that before. Um, So I just think that style, plus just he's a hit maker. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to argue with that. The amount of any song, any beat he hops on, is basically a guaranteed hit. That's no, that's not true at all. What? It's not true at all. You tell me. You tell me that that <laughs> that Greece is a guaranteed hit. <laughs> <laughs> that is no. Well, the song was getting a lot of play and still kind of is getting a lot of radio play. You know why? Because a lot of people are like, "Oh man, this is this is like." It's just auto-tune Drake. And it's Again, not- hits and misses. I feel like Grease was eh, but like pop star? Laugh now, cry later? Like, those are pretty oh, okay, good. Okay, okay, Laugh now, cry later is a good song. And Lil Durk's feature is really good, too. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought he would be terrible. I know, and there's a petition to make Lil Durk's feature longer, too. I don't think it should be longer. 
I don't, it's never going to happen, but yeah. that's what people are feeling. But, like, you saw the video for, uh, for Popstar, right? Uh, yeah, with Bieber. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Do you like it? Uh, I don't know why. I thought his hair being like that would be temporary. Yeah, I thought that was just for, like, the the dream part of the video. And then it felt like a nightmare when he actually woke up and his hair is actually still like that. I mean, uh, how many people do you see with bangs anymore? You know? Especially like- men who are blonde from Canada. Yeah. I guess, you know, speaking of Canada, Drake is also from Canada. Yeah, I think that's why he picked Bieber. Well, I don't know. He said in the video that he uh that Bieber owed him for something. That's 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 definitely drugs from when he was <laughs> under the age of eighteen. I can almost guarantee you that. Yeah, I would yeah. I wouldn't Bieber, put it Bieber definitely overpaid for um some some uh cannabis. He he definitely overpaid. Definitely didn't know anything about that. I remember you said a while ago there was um Drake is kind of like he's kind of like a what do you call it? He kind of like monitors your drug use because like in all of his songs he's always like like in Laugh Not Cry Dirt. Cry- oh yeah, no, like, I I said I think- that um he's like he's like the king of referencing drug use but like proper use of them. Like yeah. I remember in Sicko Mode he's like. I did half a Xan 13 hours till I land. Uh, I looked that up after. I don't know if anyone knows this. That's actually how you're supposed to take a prescribed Xanax. So it's like you're taking it for the, like, not like the little pump, like, oh, I'm trying to get really, like, effed up. It's for, like, the medical use of Xanax. Do you think he's medically prescribed? Xanax. No, I don't think he's ever done Xanax in his life. <laughs> I would be willing to bet that. <laughs> like, so, so does he fall into that crowd of rappers that, that talk about doing things that they've never done? Yeah, but I think he gets away with it because he's also in, like, the the singy realm. Like, he said it. Like, he's a pop star. He's not really, a, like a like, a rapper, you know? Yeah, I guess. But, like, does that make it any better, being a pop star? Because that's just, like, all mainstream. Like, you get, like, I don't know, you get, like, caught up in the hype and everything. I mean, he he literally has a song where he says he doesn't get caught up in the hype. (laughs) But But you can't trust I I get your point, yeah. I just feel like he does it. He's he's like an ex-kid actor. I'm sure he did it as a kid, honestly. I think he did more <laughs> as a kid. It's just like in that like child star handbook, you know, you have to do it as a kid. And then, oh, like the Degrassi phase? Yeah, when he was on Degrassi. Like I know he was he was probably like character acting when he got put in the wheelchair. Like, oh I need this for my pain. <laughs> it's like Drake, you can get up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. You know, I've never actually seen Degrassi. Really? I've watched a couple episodes. It's pretty good. If I was, like, 
if I was like my age in two years and I went back to high school, I think it'd be the exact same thing. Cause it's, it's the, it's the thing of like, everyone's too old. Um, what do I always compare it to? It's uh it's uh, Riverdale. It's just oh, like, gosh. they're like 40 and they're yeah. playing 16 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. God. You know, I watched the first season of Riverdale. I've watched it once with Rachel, my sister, and wow, it's it's just bad. I mean, the writing, that's what I always point out. I just watched that um that movie that you sent me that we were talking about, The Babysitter, the second one. Oh, yeah. Like, um the I won't spoil it for the 10 people listening to this podcast, but um it's just the writing is just really bad. And they, they, in the movie, I don't know if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but CJ from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like his dad. And it's just so distracting because he, it's like there were two different writers. And it's the thing on Riverdale where it's like the writing is just like so clearly written by old people because they don't know how young people talk. It was the same thing in that movie because it's like the only parts of the movie that were funny and entertaining were... CJ from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was never the main plot. It was always just like, oh, CJ from Brooklyn Nine-Nine's here. That's kind of distracting because I usually know him as this idiot. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I feel like in that, in that second Babysitter movie, they, um, they just took most of the lines from the first movie and they were like, how can we workshop this to like have like the same effect but basically say the same thing? And it's 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 kind of like lazy writing. Other than the fact that like, I don't know, some of the jokes were like, I like chuckled a bit. There weren't any like laugh out loud anything. I guess like I can't really categorize that movie either. I don't know if it's like a comedy. Yeah, I don't know. Like one of those things where like you don't really know how to react to like certain situations that happen. You're kind of just like awkwardly watching it. Yeah, that's what I felt. I mean, just that movie is weird because I feel like, well, there was one really funny scene to me. You might not have found it funny, but when, um, like, his dad, I'm just going to call him Captain CJ because that's what I was calling him in the movie because that's all I know him as. Yeah. Um, so when Captain CJ and the evil girl's dad are like, getting really high and playing VR and then they have to like pick up the call. I found that kind of funny because then his wife called. Yeah. No, also, yeah, yeah. The writing in that scene is just so such a different tone from the rest of the movie. Cause it's actually good. Yeah, I mean if you're right about like uh having like adult writers. Oh it's definitely true. I mean it's Netflix. Yeah. So. Yeah. Also, is it just me or did the budget go down? Or it went up? I can't tell because there are, like, no practical effects in this movie. That's something I'm getting really into it, and I shouldn't be because I've seen these two terrible movies somehow. But just, just like, the VFX in the first one, it was more practical, so it it looked better. But this one's just, like, all bad CG and just, like, a gore gun. Like one of those things. Yeah, the the like death scenes where it's like yeah 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 it's it's like the the blood and whatever. I don't know. It kind of just looked like a bunch of like they put like a bunch of like gushers. 
and like <laughs> something and then just like exploded a bunch of gushers because it was just i don't know just it was too it looked too like done up I don't know. too cartoony yeah maybe yeah. it was it was all just a gushers ad it's this whole movie <laughs> the weird gushers ad but <laughs> hey also king batch he always decides to he was actually pretty good in this movie. I can't lie. I'm, always, gro- like, I'm growing on King Batch. I, I screamed in pain when Amanda Cerny showed up in this movie because I knew there would be one other Viner because it's yeah. like it's the second movie. They probably have a bit better budget. They already, ha- they already bit the bullet on one Viner. I could imagine these people aren't too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're well known because people hate them. I just he always has to like stick his nose in like everything. Like when we well, were talking previously. Well, yeah, it's it's like the Viner energy. I mean, if you watch some of these videos on YouTube, like people reviewing these uh, these like YouTube movies where they hire Viners, it's so obvious who's a Viner and who's not because they just. They don't want to actually be an actor and read their lines. They're just doing their own shtick. <laughs> just in the middle of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I f- yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's probably how King Batch actually acts in real life. Yeah, probably just making a joke every five seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's so cheesy. <sighs> yeah, that movie was, was something... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's on the front page of Netflix for me still, and I watched it. Yo, speaking of Netflix, did you hear about the um the controversy surrounding that one movie that Netflix? It like recently came out. It's like a French movie. Um, no. It's called Cuties. Like cute ease. It's about a bunch of eleven-year-old. Um, Oh, I think I did. Yeah, you. Can yeah, and they're like, they're like over, they're like sexualized in the movie. Yeah, there's so much controversy. Just cr- I think I heard they're still coming out with it. it, it no, it's it's on Netflix. Yeah. What? You can still watch it. Because I saw people that were like, "You're having eleven-year-olds do the WAP dance, and it's a little too far." Yeah. And I don't know the director. She's like sticking by like her movie. She's like calling it art and stuff. And- <laughs> It's like, how can go so far? I mean, like, I, I like WAP. I think it's a good song, and I think the people that say it's, like, bad for culture are just idiots. But, like, at some point, I think sometimes people use the word culture incorrectly. Cause, or what did you say it was? Art? Yeah, art. That's it. <laughs> people use that incorrectly. This is, uh, if you, if it's, like, what it's described, I'm trying to look for it, but I don't think it's, yeah, I think Netflix is doing the right thing by not exactly um, <laughs> spotlighting it, advertising this. Yeah, uh, some people just use art for like it's just porn. <laughs> yeah, and there's a bunch of hashtags. Like, porn, it's really messed up. Yeah, like they're people trying to cancel Netflix and stuff. I don't think Netflix will be canceled. No, I don't. Think oh wait, is it cute? It is being advertised. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah it's yeah god oh it's like exactly what i was talking about about like what good culture is is in the description at least Ele- other than 11 year old amy we if we delete that part of the sentence 
starts to re- so let's let's just go blank so anyone starts to rebel against her conservative family's traditions when she becomes fascinated with a free-spirited dance crew my question is this movie would have the same effect if she was i don't know of legal age maybe just think about that why did why do they have to be 11 i know yeah and the thing is, the director could have made the movie with 11-year-olds and not have Oh, God. I, don't want, I did not want to see that. What? If that's what's in the trailer, dude, I, I don't want to look at that trailer, man. I mean, that's, like, that's not something an 11-year-old should be doing. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I'm all about, like, go get your freedom, but, like, on film, in a movie, I'm assuming these... Are th- is this like a documentary? There's no way. No, no, no. It's just like a... Like right? A, this has to be like actors. I yeah, mean... It's not like... I was going to say maybe they they could be like playing younger, but they don't look younger. Or uh, older is my thing. Like they actually look like they're younger. Yeah, yeah. They're not like 18-year-olds playing 11-year-olds. Well, that is... That's something. That's just weird. Netflix... Netflix is weird now. I think it's just the effect of like the subscription-based service. Even that is kind of starting to become a little hard to profit off of. Exactly. That's that's another thing. That's like like Amazon and stuff. How they're making they're making us wait a week for us to watch new episodes. Oh, the boys. I actually kind of like that. Honestly, I don't. I do. It's the suspense, and it's such a good series. It's actually kind of smart because it keeps people like the people just doing like the free trial. Like you actually have to re up. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They they make people extend their subscription by waiting for the show, and they make the show good enough so that you wanna, yeah, want to keep paying. Which is smart. Also, like with Disney Plus, what they're doing with um, like their little experiment with Mulan, like that you have to pay to to watch it even if you're subscribed. Why would they? Because it's like it was technically supposed to be a theatrical release, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that it's actually working. How much are they charging? I don't know. I think it's like twenty bucks, and you get to watch it full time. But it's not going to be free for like half a year. That, Maybe longer. I think it wouldn't be free until it like was a couple months removed of when it was supposed to be. Um, like mixed yeah, it's like it's a one-time payment of uh, thirty bucks, which is a little expensive. Like, I'm not gonna watch that. I don't want to watch Mulan. What? For one movie? I think it's just you get. I don't know. Actually, I think you get all the premiere access movies after that for thirty bucks. Okay, so I was like, I was about to say like. 30 bucks for just Mulan is definitely not worth yeah, it. Yeah, nobody's going to pay that. It's more than the price of a movie ticket. Yo, speaking of movie tickets, are movies are movie tickets like still cheap? Remember when I would assume yes because I think we definitely when I get back, I think we should plan to go to one. Yeah, definitely. Um but I just I would assume so. I don't think they could they can't upcharge. No, definitely not. It, it's got to be just like a steep drop. Yeah. Um, 
don't what know. should we see though? What do you think? Because there, what's going to be out is my thing. It's going to be like to me. I can only think of two. I can think of Tenet, Black Widow. I guess No Time to Die, the the new Bond. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd go see Tenet for sure. I would. I think for us, it should be between Tenet and the Bond film. I don't think Black Widow. Is, I think that's like the second or third one we see. Yeah. Because we, if you guys don't know, we see movies. Uh, just all the time to to, to just like kind of rag on them, or if they're good, surprisingly, then that's cool. But yeah, really, we really uh branch out in our movie choices. Yeah, I I, I think we should see Tenet first. It just looks so good. I think anytime Nolan makes a film, you just have to. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Dope. I didn't know we'd be making plans on this podcast, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, I just have a couple last things I wanna I wanna talk to you about here. Um, so Billy, the the person who usually uh, co runs this with me, um, he he's a big Kanye fan. Just the music. I have to clarify that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um. I haven't had this conversation too much with him, but I think I've had it with you a couple times. Uh, just a general question. Is Kanye crazy? Uh, crazy. Mentally speaking, he is, I wouldn't say um, he's very unstable. And I think that comes off as crazy because like he's spoken about his bipolar disorder and that comes with, it's 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 defined as like having manic highs and depressive lows, and I think in those manic highs, that's when he comes off as crazy because he's just he's kind of like spiraling and he's saying basically whatever he wants to say. So I think at those moments, to the general public, to the general view, and maybe even to like his his family, because we know like that that whole thing about like Kim earlier how she wanted to divorce Kanye because he was getting like too much to handle. I think he can come off as definitely crazy. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's crazy, but I think it's just a lot of being bipolar. And I think a lot of it too is just, it doesn't seem like he has the right support around him. Yeah. I think he's got to get around people that actually know how to not handle that, but just help him through it. So he doesn't – so those manic highs aren't kind of as bad as they seem. Do you think he um, Do you think he makes music during his his highs or his lows? Oh, I'd say both, 100%. I think that's where we see kind of the contrast in style from him uh, lately is I think, you know, I could imagine some of that louder music um, being during during those highs, kind of like those screaming lines. Because I yeah. think Kanye is just one of those artists where, you know, I feel like he he can freestyle like an entire song. I feel like yeah. he doesn't need to write it down. Especially during um, his manic, where he's just yeah, like, he can just, he could just go yeah. and just tap into that talent. I think if we're going off of like recent albums or like like sort of like EPs, LPs, or whatever. I think Kid See Ghost. Is I would like, say Kid See Ghost is like 
is actually more depressive than it is manic. And yeah. I'd say Yay is Well I think Cuddy helps with that. He's he's good at that yeah. kind of chill yeah. And then I'd say that Yay is uh manic for sure. Yeah. I'm on record saying that as far as Kanye albums it, with the exclusion of Kid See Ghost, because I again I consider that an EP. Um, I don't think he's had a good one since Tlop. Really? Even if Mr. Fantano gave Kid Sea Ghost a 10? I said with the exception of Kid Sea Ghost, because that's an EP. But I'd say albums, like I didn't like Ye that much. I liked a couple songs on it, but I didn't like it that much. And I thought Jesus is King was his worst album. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't like that one. I I thought it was pretty bad. It's very, yeah, it's very... uh far-reaching far i just reaching. say yeah it's like there there's the there's the good gospel sample and then there's a gospel album yeah <laughs> it's crossed the line there there's a fine line in the sand that kanye is really he's approached over the years and he, it's done really well but then this one he just went way over and it's like every song has a minute gospel sample and some songs are three minute gospels yeah yeah hey, yeah i don't know I feel like it's definitely more – his production is, like, crazy. But I don't know. It can come off the wrong way with his lyrics, unfortunately. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. Um, also, just another thing, because we, we watch Fantano. I think we've, we've watched Fantano for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you – what do you think about – do you trust his reviews? Because, like, I I mostly do. It's just certain things. Uh, he says he's, like, unbiased and everything, and I, I like his detail. And um, it's just – you know, I feel like sometimes his bias, even though he goes into detail about his opinion, I think his bias is kind of clear, especially – even though I'm not the biggest Kanye fan – but especially with some of Kanye's albums, like my my dark beautiful or my beautiful dark, I always mess it up. But my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, to give it a seven, yeah, honestly, that album is a ten and a half. I would argue it's it's one of it's a top two Kanye album. It's, yeah, say. definitely, definitely that, and I mean. Again, yeah, I wouldn't call it kids. For me, ghost. it's always going to be graduation. That and graduation. But yeah, I was going to say graduation and my beautiful dark twist of fantasy. Yeah, definitely his his top two. Yeah, I just a seven like on a re-review too. That was like the original was a six, and then he re-reviewed it as a seven. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I like. I'd probably say my favorite song off of my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is uh, Devil in a New Dress with Rick Ross. Even though, you know, I didn't really like Rick Ross before, but I don't know. I feel like I heard somewhere that Kanye really pushed all of his features to, like, go the hardest. Like, he had, yeah. the, he had Nicki Minaj. and uh oh, Monster? Him, like, yeah, she sent him, a like, a... Um, she sent him some like some bars for like her verse, and then he like sent it back, and he's like, "No, you can do better than that." And she was like, "All right." And then 
yeah, he uh, really pushes his artists, at least in that era. I mean, for me, <laughs> for me, it's going to sound so cliche, but I, I think Runaway is like Pusha T's best feature ever. Yeah, yeah. It's just hard for me not to not to go to that one like every time. It's just really good. Um, but man, uh, I usually trust Fantana though. I think he he's usually got a good gauge. Just the occasional like you can tell he's kind of kind of biased towards some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he goes really in depth, which is obviously good but i don't know i feel like most of it would just fly over like the common person's head yeah yes us intellectuals (laughs) but uh as as i kind of want to wrap this up i just have one last thing who are your top five uh just artists generally ever right now it's hard to be on the spot but i'll put you on the spot with that (laughs) um all right so number five i'll I'll go bryson tiller um you know what you know what i'm gonna act you know what i'm gonna actually do i'm gonna look at i'm gonna look at my spotify real quick i'm gonna choose just see your recent (laughs) oh definitely tyler the creator um, I'd say uh, who's going to be um, I'd say yeah. actually I'm going to switch so number five is actually going to be I don't know if you know him but Dominic Fike he's pretty I cool think, I think you've sent me a couple songs yeah yeah he's pretty cool um, he's like up and coming. Uh, I'm gonna go with number four is Bryson Tiller. Number three, who did I say number three was? Oh, uh, Tyler the Creator. Yeah. Number two. I think he said Drake was number one, by the way. Yeah, uh, I haven't got. <laughs> <laughs> That's um no, maybe in another world. Yeah, this one. I mean, Canada. If you want to count that as a different world, but. Mm-hmm. I'd say um, either – oh, well, Kendrick Lamar. I wouldn't say he's my number one, though. Who's your number one? I know. I think I know. I think I'm pretty confident. It's not It's not who you think. So it's not Frank? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean – I'd say he's like top ten. Just he's not scratching top five though. He's probably like number. Are you really gonna go Drake? No, I'm not gonna go Drake. I'd never go oh. Drake. Oh, okay. I know people who are listening can't see this, but we're on Zoom, and I had the biggest smile on my face that just left. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Number one. That's just like such a coveted spot. And I don't know. I mean you've you haven't mentioned one of the guys that's in mine that I think should be in that in this conversation. Like actually is uh the weekend. Oh, uh 
You know, yeah, I'm going to go Kendrick number one, number two. Would you put Tyler above the weekend? That's the thing. Because I thought I thought After Hours was really good. It is, but Tyler is so versatile. It is yeah, like, that's the thing. It's just Weekend doesn't like rap or anything. He like sticks to singing. So I'm going to go Kendrick, Tyler, The Weekend, Dominic, or uh, Bryson Tiller, Dominic Fike. Okay. Mine, I would say five. Uh, well, on the call, he's right behind me. But uh, five is Gambino. Okay. Um, Four, oh, that's really hard. Um, oh, this is tough. Four, because I know my my top two. I know who they are. Um, oh, this is this is actually tough. I, I actually have to go into my recents and look at this. Yeah, yeah, it was um, harder than I thought. You know, four. I was gonna do kind of um. Actually. Mm, I was gonna do unbiased, but I think I'll do biased. Uh, four, I'll go. I'll go M and A. Um, that which is to some a surprising pick, but if you haven't heard his his latest album, it it was it was some heat. It, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, and then three, I think I'd probably. This is tough because. Okay, let me think. Let me think about this. A little bit longer. Oh, this is this is tough. Um, I I don't want to put Travis in here because his fans are just terrible. So I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> you know, Don Tolliver would be up here if his if his last album to me wasn't terrible. Um, three, I go Kendrick. Okay, and then. Uh, two is Drake. One is The Weeknd. Really? For me, yeah. Over I mean, Drake. Yeah, I think After Hours. This is this was not a good year for albums to me. I think. Yeah. Pretty much every album that came out this year wasn't that good. But I think if I had to label one as like a great album that came out this year, only one I would label is that. Um, maybe Amines was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, also, it's definitely like up there in terms of like the the. Like comparing to like other albums that came up. Yeah. Did she, um, did she like Charlie Charlie XCX's album? Oh yeah, no, that one was amazing. I actually, you know what? I would um, I would, I would move. I would. Oh, this hurts to do. Yeah. Honestly, just because Kendrick hasn't dropped in a while, I'd take him off. I would swap him for uh, for Charlie because that album. I know a lot of like dudes aren't listening to that, but um. I had a couple friends that pushed me towards it. And just, yeah. as far as musically goes, as far as that album is, it is amazing. I think, you know, not enough people are going to listen to it that that aren't female just because of this weird culture that we have around music, you yeah. know, in this yeah. country. But it's, it's actually a really good album. Uh, and I think people should listen to it. Um, so I, I'd say she she's probably... At, at three for me, actually. I would just swap her and Kendrick. But again, I, th- I think even the Weekends album, I would say, is better than that. Um, just because yeah. that, that album is amazing. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I think that's, we- I would honestly say that's Weekends' best album. I know he has a lot of good ones. Um, 
But I just think, like, the versatility he showed on this. Like, I know people might say, I, I don't think people go to Starboy. Because there were a couple songs that I don't, but I think Beauty Behind the Madness, I think that's a tough one to beat. But yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think After Hours beat like, it. That one is, that one might actually be my favorite weekend album, Beauty Behind the Madness. Yeah, I was going to say, because that one's just like, when he first popped off, it was like, that's all of them were on that album. Like hit after hit after hit after yeah. hit. It's just, yeah. But that's kind of yeah. like, um, that's like his take care. If I had to compare it to a Drake album, it's like most of your hits are on that album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess. I mean, Drake's got a lot of hits, but like, as, if we're going like percentage of hit to not hit, as far as any of the albums, I yeah. feel like Beauty Behind the Madness and Take Care are pretty similar as far as the percentage. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of strapped for time today. Very very important at the time of recording this. Very important uh, Pats game to get to. I am recording this on Sunday, so there will be another podcast probably coming out tomorrow. Recorded tonight after all of the football today. Um, it's been great talking to you. We we text pretty much every day, but it, it's good to hop on a Zoom call and just have a conversation. Um, yeah, for sure. after I left. So um, yeah, good to see you too. Hopefully, we can do this again. Yeah, uh, time. Uh, this was definitely the most fun conversation. I like kind of the having the more open-ended ones because when we're talking sports, it's, it's pretty organized. We have like a list of things we want to hit, but today was just kind of it was more flowing, and I like that. So yeah, again, a lot of this is just trying some new stuff. Thank you for for coming on. Yeah, thanks for I'll having me. I'll let you plug anything to the two people that listen this this whole way through. Uh, try <laughs> try the new Charlie drink at Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, you – okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, you do that. I'm going to shout out the Travis Scott burger at McDonald's. <laughs> And that is where we will end it. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow and share the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Beating Buzzer. Follow us on Instagram at Beating Buzzer. Thank you guys and goodbye.